I wanted to uh, take a few moments and just uh, share what's been on my heart over the last few weeks, especially as we've been going through this season with COVID. And uh, Aaron made reference to the fact that we're not in the building and we're longing until the time comes that we can all be together and see one another and uh, express our love for one another and demonstrate the presence of God together in our corporate uh, midst. Uh, there's a few verses that I wanted to share with you today. One of them is from Hebrews. And that's uh, from Hebrews chapter 10. And Hebrews chapter 10, Paul writes these words. And uh, he says, uh, let us consider, I don't know if you can see that on your screens or not. If you can, just give me a thumbs up. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, he says that, let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We are to provoke one another to love and good deeds. How do we do that in the midst of COVID-19 restrictions, quarantining, precautions, masking, staying within our bubbles, not coming to church, how do we do that? How do we do it in an effective way? And, you know, in some contexts, uh, the government has allowed us to do certain things. Uh, we know that in Ontario, the numbers are going back up, especially in Toronto, the numbers are going higher than they were in Ontario when we first had the, uh, the first wave. Uh, some would argue that, yes, that's because we're testing more. Whatever the case, we are called to be good citizens and to provide ourselves to act in a way that will provide safety to the rest of our community. So how do we do that? How do we do that on Sunday morning? How do we do what Paul says or whoever the writer of Hebrews says when he says to provoke one another to love and to good deeds? Well, not neglecting meeting together is what he says. This is what we have done with these online meetings. Sunday service online has been a great tool for us to be able to maintain our connection. And we started using Zoom to allow us to emulate or to make stimulate to, to, to sort of make the appearance of what it looks like when we are together on Sunday mornings in the building. And uh, that's why we've often taken the approach of using this platform as opposed to simply broadcasting to YouTube. Uh, broadcasting to YouTube is very effective. It's used by many, many different groups and many churches, but it allows them to simply broadcast out without the ability for us to interact. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to try something a little different. I want to encourage you to come a little bit early. Some of you have been showing up right on time. Some of you have been showing up right during worship halfway through worship, just before the sermon starts. And uh, I wanted to talk about all of that today, today because I, I believe that there is something more to it than just taking a dose of the message that the church has prepared for us through its pastors. There's something more than Paul that what Paul is writing when he says, don't neglect assembling together. So what am I talking about? Well, when he when he talks about assembling together, what we endeavor to do 
as your leaders, as your pastors, as your servants, what we endeavor to do, the worship team, the preachers, the people that prayed as Maral and Ginny prayed so beautifully. Thank you both for that. Uh, as we come together as a community, Paul in Corinthians tells us that there's a few things that are necessary to consider when we come together. In 1 Corinthians, he talks about if any one of you has a verse, if any of you has a testimony, if any of you has a song, if any of you has a word of encouragement, let it all be done in order. If someone has a tongue to speak in tongues, let it be with an interpretation so that we can understand what is being said and what is being done, what the Lord is doing in our midst. So when the author of Hebrews says, don't neglect assembling together, there's something that happens in the spirit when we are together. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that something supernatural, something mystical, something beyond the physical happens when the children of God come together for a moment to worship him and to praise him. So what happens when we come together? Well, we encounter God together. We encounter God when we are assembled together in his name and something supernatural, I said mystical, uh, transcendental, something that's beyond what we see with our eyes and feel with our fingers. We know when we used to come together in the building, every one of us would walk away from that meeting better than we were when we walked in. Each one of us would be somehow changed, whether it was through the songs, whether it was through the touch, whether it was through the good food that was always prepared for us, whether it was through the word of God that we would hear together, something mystical, something supernatural would happen that would make us leave there better. I don't believe God would have us lose that when we are doing things online. I'm convinced that God wants us to be able to experience the same joy demonstrate the same love, experience the same closeness, experience the same interactions. Yeah, okay, interactions are going to be difficult on here. I get it. I understand. Touch is not going to be possible on here. I can't just reach out with my camera and touch you and and lay hands on you and pray with you. I can't do that. I can't shake your hand. I can't even do the uh, virus shuffle that we used to do when we were shaking feet as opposed to shaking hands. We can't do any of that. But there are some basic things that we have to be able to do. And I'm going to use the illustration of a three-legged stool to help us understand what those things are. So in the example of the three-legged stool that Paul talks about in Corinthians, he talks about if someone has a song, someone has a verse, someone has a word, someone has a prophetic word, all of those things I think can be broken down into these three areas that we would be able to experience when we come together. And this we can experience on Zoom. This we can experience whenever not only we're watching a preaching or a sermon or a a video on YouTube, those are different. There's something that happens when we as the body of Christ in a locality assemble together And the Lord does something in our hearts together as one family, as one community. 
in City River, he's brought us together for a purpose. He didn't just randomly bring these three congregations, Acts, Armenian Manual, Toronto Church, Living God. He didn't just bring us by accident to come together to become City River. He's brought us together with a purpose. And we believe that that purpose is to be a river of living water that runs through the streets of our city and beyond our city to the ends of the earth. When the verse that was given to Sujin, when she saw the river, when the verse that was given to Aaron, when he saw the river that was flowing from the uh, temple and from underneath the throne of God, when they saw those things and we named ourselves City River, it wasn't by accident. It was by design by God with a purpose as he accomplishes something when he knits our hearts together. We cannot lose that because we're not in the same physical space together. We are beyond the physical. We are in the supernatural bound together. And he has things that he wants to accomplish with us. So let's not forsake the assembling together as somehow. So let me explain what these three foundational things are that make up for our corporate encounter and experience of God together. We experience together through worship. So I want to encourage you, if you have been finding it difficult to show up at 11 o'clock, or excuse me, at 11.15 or 11.30, make the effort. Come in and spend that 15 minutes beforehand talking to people. Say hello to them. Yeah, we speak in many languages. Sometimes you hear some Armenian, sometimes you hear some Farsi. But in the midst of it all, we're trying to live together as one family. Yes, on the day of Pentecost, they heard each other's languages. And they learn to walk together and live together as one family. We do the same. So come 15 minutes early. I urge you. I ask you. Come 15 minutes early. I know for many of you, it's easier to keep your cameras off. Because you don't have to do your hair. You don't have to change out of your pajamas. It's easier. You can just relax. I have turned my cameras off as well. And it's much easier. But there is something that happens when we see each other's smiles, when we see each other's tears. There's something that happens when we are in worship together. And I see Fahri come off the camera and I can see her one hand lifted up. Something happens in me when I see that. Something happens in me when I see Rob lay his head back and start worshiping and quietly lifting up his voice to the Lord. Something happens in me when I see Mary with her lips moving, but I can't hear her because I'm hearing the worship from the, the, the central the CR main. But something happens in me when I see one another, when we see one another worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. And I want to thank Sujin and I want to thank Aaron for consistently over the last number of months from home with technology difficulties, with challenges, with all of that, consistently leading us into the presence of God through song and through words. Bless you guys, all of you who have been part of the worship team in this season. We thank God for you because you have allowed us to establish one of these three legs of the stool to be able to consistently have worship and remain in the presence of God through worship. I want to thank you for that. So I want to encourage the rest of you who have your cameras off. Risk it. Risk it and turn your camera on no matter what you look like. Let me tell you a story. After Aaron's and uh, Lauren's wedding, that was back in August, 
we had just finished a series of global meetings and there was a discernment time that was going to take place. I think it was on a Monday morning and we had just come back from Stratford. We were tired. I wasn't up to being on a Zoom call. So I turned my phone on and joined Zoom by just listening. And as I was listening to the meeting, the meeting was two and a half hours long, maybe three hours long, I don't remember. But as I was listening to it, every once in a while, I would doze off. But I was like listening and it was coming in and it was filling my spirit to hear what others were sharing about what God was speaking to them about this thing that we were doing across the nations. And then as I looked at my phone one time, it asked me if I wanted to join by video. And yeah, I wanted to see the people, so I clicked yes. Now, you have to understand, I'm lying in bed with the pillow under my head, my eyes half closed, in my pajamas, under the sheets, and I pressed this thing, and I had no idea what just happened, but everybody was able to see me in that position. I heard about it later. They all saw me lying in bed, covered under my pillow, and they actually saw Silva walking across the room in the mirror as she came back out and she was getting dressed. Now, she wasn't naked or anything like that. She was, she was okay. My point is, that's what family is. When Aaron and Sarah were living with us and they would see me walk from the bathroom to the, from the shower to the bedroom, I would have my towel around me. But they understood that that's family. There was no shame involved. There's nothing hidden. We see one another and we rejoice in seeing one another. We're not in our Sunday best sometimes, but we get to see one another in the reality of who we are. And that is an expression of us coming together to worship God in the reality of who we are in our rawness. So let's get beyond the look and the feel, you know, sometimes some people have lights and different cameras and different things like that. Forget all that. In the reality of who we are, we come into the presence of God together for worship. The second leg of the stool is hearing the word. And I thank Rob for consistently being clear and being accurate and concise and bringing the word to us in his teaching. He is a gifted teacher in the body of Christ, and we're blessed to have him among us. And he brings with clear articulation the message that God puts on his heart. I do the same in my ability, in my capacity, and we bring that to you. And many others have the opportunity to do that, and we want to expand that. But we want to come together, not forsaking assembling together, to hear the word of God. And that's an important aspect. And that's an important thing for us to do. It's an important aspect of who we are together. And that's what Paul writes in Corinthians. He says, when you come together, if someone has a verse, if someone has a song, if someone has a word, share it together. And he actually says, let the elders among you weigh it. Which means that it's not always going to be bang on accurate. Sometimes it may need some adjustments here and there. But we work through that together. And we journey together to discover the truth of God's word together. We don't have it all figured out. We have a lot of it figured out, but not all of it. If you ask us to talk about Revelation and uh, Ezekiel and the end days and so forth, I personally would stay away from that, not because I don't understand it, but because I believe that there's more practical things that will help us to grow together 
in how we walk together in this journey of encouraging one another to love and to good deeds. That's what I read to you from Hebrews earlier. Come together, assemble together for love and for good deeds. How? By not neglecting coming together. What happens when we come together? We worship Him. We hear the Word of God. But there's another aspect to that that doesn't happen when we're together. The encouraging to love, the encouraging to good deeds is what happens when we begin to do His Word. When we take that Word that He gives to us, that we ingest on Sundays together, not neglecting the reading of the Word and the ingesting or eating the Word alone when we're in our homes by ourselves, in our families, or in our small groups. When we digest that Word, when we receive it and chew it, and it becomes part of what we eat. But there's something that is critical in the foundations of experiencing God, in encountering God. You can worship Him, and we do that corporately together. You can hear His Word, but the key is to do His Word. He says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but be doers of His Word. You, we have heard so much good truth on Sundays. We have heard so much good truth on our small groups. But we have to be putting those truths to practice in how we love and how we express good deeds. And this is what I want to encourage us today, that we keep our focus on these things, that we push through in the areas that we need to push through. One of the the scriptures that uh, has really been speaking to me is from Mark. And in Mark, the disciples had uh, been gathering and they were eating and, and the Pharisees see them eating and they complain to Jesus and tell him that your disciples are not doing what is required by the law. Imagine you go to work and before you do anything, you start working. You don't go to the washroom and wash your hands. Today, that's a requirement. You're supposed to have a disinfectant and wash your hands. When you come in from outside, all of us today have made it a habit. We wash our hands. Some of us had that habit before COVID, but today it's regulation. It is a requirement. So when the disciples were not washing their hands, they were not fulfilling the requirement of God's law, not the province's or the city's law or the nation's law, but this was God's law, that before they eat, they had to wash their hands and to make sure that they were not unclean. What I'm reading from is in Mark chapter uh Sorry, let me go back for a moment. Uh, what I'm reading from is uh, from Mark uh, chapter 7. And he says, that, uh, Mark says that now the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him. They noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands. It's just like you and me when, when we're together at, uh, uh, you know, for any function right now during these COVID days, if somebody sees someone come out of the washroom and not disinfect or see someone come in from outside and not disinfect, our antennas go up and we say, this person is unclean. Be careful. Don't come near them. They're not masked. Well, these disciples were doing the same thing and they had not. Why was it defiled? Why was their hands defiled? Because they were not washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders, and they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. 
Can you imagine bringing any food home and eating it without washing it today? That was the climate with these Pharisees and with these teachers of the law. And they were absurd. And then he goes on, uh, unless they wash it, and there are other traditions that they would observe, the washing of the cups and the pots and the, and the, the bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribe asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honor me with their lips, but with their hearts are far from me. In vain they do worship me, do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. We come together to worship him. But are the words that we hear, are the words that we read, transforming us and making us doers of those words? That is our prayer. You abandon the commandments of God and hold to human tradition, he said to them. You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Mo- Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And whoever speaks evil of father and mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells father and mother, whatever support you might have had from me is korban, that is an offering to God. Then you no longer permit doing anything for a father or mother, just making void the word of God through your tradition that you have handed on. And you do many things like this. He was speaking to them about the situation that they were experiencing, about how they dealt with their older members of their family. They were giving lip service. They were saying that if I support you as my parent at this point, it's an offering to God, not just my responsibility, but it's actually a sacrifice to God. They've twisted it. They've twisted the reality of how they deal with their elderly. And we've done the same. We've seen that and how our situation has been disastrous during the time of COVID with our uh, seniors' homes and what has happened in all these things. We have to change our thinking about how we deal with the elderly. And he goes on. Then he called the crowd and said to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. There's nothing outside a person that by going in can defile but the things that come out are what defile. He was telling them very plainly, it's not the food that is unclean that you eat that's going to make you sick. Now, I'm not telling you not to wash your food before you eat it, fruits or whatever, vegetables and so on. I'm not telling you to use dirty cups, but I'm trying to make the point that Jesus made. It's not so much what you take in that makes you unclean, as much as what comes out of you that defiles you. And he goes on. When he left the crowd and entered the house, his disciple asked him about this parable. And he said to them, do you also fail to understand? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart but the stomach? So he is changing the understanding of what makes a person clean or unclean. He's changing it from the uncleanness that goes into the stomach to the uncleanness that goes into the comes out of the heart. Listen to what he says. Since it enters not the heart but the stomach and goes out into the sewer. Thus he declared all food clean. And he said, it is what comes out of a person that defiles. From, for it is from within, from the human heart that all evil intention comes. 
fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these things have come, uh, come from within and they defile a person. What am I trying to say? Jesus is very clear. He's talking about the things that are inside of us that as they come out, they make us unclean. But he's also telling them something different. And when we package it together with what we have been seeing from Paul about coming together and the three things that make us one and make us together a community, worship of God, hearing the word, putting the word into action, doing the word, He's saying that allow the word of God to wash your inside, which is wicked on the inside. We're all wicked. We're all sinful. And he's saying, allow that cleanliness now to come out. Let the work of the Holy Spirit to be expressed out through your mouth as opposed to that which you take in, make you clean or unclean. It's what comes out of us. It's not only what comes out of our mouth, because he's saying it's out of our heart. It's also what comes into our thoughts, how we think of others, how we evaluate one another, how we love one another. Do not forsake the assembling together for you're stirring each other, you're spurring, you're encouraging one another to love and to good deeds. So he's asking us to have a transformation in our heart, that our hearts would be changed by the washing of the word and the putting into action of the word, that our worship would be true. We need those three legs of that stool. Let me show you what I'm talking about. In those three legs, a lot of times we do it this way. A lot of times we take away one of those things, whether it's the doing of the word or the hearing of the word or worship. When we don't show up together for corporate worship, what we're actually doing is cutting off one of those legs. Why do you think we take 35 minutes on a Sunday to just sing together? Is it because we just are musical and we just love music? Why do we see so many worship songs posted on the small groups? Because there's something that happens in worship that knits us together, that causes us to be knit together with the Father and with one another. If we don't spend time in worship, we're cutting off one of those legs and the stool won't stand. If we don't spend time hearing the word, we don't, we do the same thing. We cut off one of the legs. If we don't do the word, we cut off one of the legs. Now imagine what happens if you actually stop doing two of those things. If you stop hearing the word and doing the word and just spend time in worship, that's wonderful, but you're still not going to get the job done. You're not going to be able to fit into what God is trying to do with us. Hearing the word together, doing the word together, encouraging one another to love. And if you're one of those people that does none of those things, you're basically living on a stool that's not going to stand at all. You're basically floating in air, not really knowing where you're going to land. But the Lord is encouraging us, the word of God encouraging us 
to constantly come together for constant worship together, to spend time in worship together, to see one another worshiping the Lord together. That's why I'm encouraging you. Turn your cameras on. I'm not trying to be a pain in the, you know what, by telling us to turn the cameras on. I'm simply trying to say that there's something in the reality of us corporately entering into the presence of God in worship, seeing one another. I wish we could hear one another, but we are hearing the worship leaders and their voices leading us into his presence together. I pray that the technology changes such that we can actually all turn our mics on during worship and not just hear a mishmash of chaos, but actually hear a harmony like we have seen with some of those videos that that have been going around with the blessing and other songs. That day may come, it may not, but we can enter together and see one another's lips and hands and bodies move in worship and we can establish that lake solid. We can continue receiving good teaching and listen to the word of God as, as it's being delivered by our teachers and our preachers. And we can establish that second leg. But let's make sure we don't neglect the third leg. Let's make sure we don't neglect continually loving one another and loving our neighbors as ourselves in everything that we do. To establish that third leg of that stool. That we can spur one another to good deeds and to love as the word of God washes our hearts and causes that to flow out of our hearts into our communities. Then we can call ourselves City River for fact. Then we can be in a model of what the Lord is doing with us, in us, and through us. Then we can be a transformational agent to see the life of God flow through us, out of your bellies, out of your hearts, will flow rivers of living water then we will see the impact in our communities. Live out what the word is teaching us. Enter into worship together. Hear the word together and mature together into the fullness of the stature of what God wants to do with us. God has good plans for our city river. I want to bless you and I want to thank you. And uh, at this point, I'm going to pass it to Rob as he leads us into communion.